are stuck with me. All right, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 71. Psalm 71. We are in between books of the Bible right now in our normal verse-by-verse studies, and so was praying about what to do. You know, we don't preach the holiday very much around here, but the Lord showed me a psalm that I have dubbed the old man psalm. And so with grandparents in mind today and and uh, just all of us as we grow older, there's some wisdom and knowledge that we need. And uh, Psalm 71 has some specific things that have to do with that. And so we're going to study that a little bit together today. Uh, we're going to start reading in verse number 9. I will... Uh, We'll read a few verses and then we'll pray. The Bible says in Psalm 71, 9, Cast me not off in the time of, my, of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him. Persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall shew forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day. For I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, Thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared Thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shewed Thy strength unto this generation and Thy power to everyone that is to come. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for this day and for Your Word. Pray, please help us now as we study it together. Help us to glean from it that which You would have us to know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We, we are going to read more of this psalm in a little bit, but if we back up and, and start over at verse 9, uh, we see a, a sad reality of, of the world in which we live and the bodies in which we live, and that is that eventually our strength fails. Uh, some of us in this room are, are feeling it right now. Some of us are getting older and and you know, there's maybe some physical problems have come, some health problems have come. Maybe you're just tired more than you used to be. And maybe you're like me and you're pretending that it's not happening and therefore you're even more tired because your body doesn't want to do what you're telling it to do. You've got the, uh, the, the get up and go of a 20-year-old and the body of an 80-year-old. There's going to be some aches and pains involved with that. But here in the Bible, in verse number 9, cast me not off in the time of, of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. There's, there's no getting around the fact that these bodies wear out. Uh, you can treat them as good as you want to treat them. They're going to fail you one day. And so I hope, I hope I'm talking to a bunch of people today that know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, that have a home waiting for them in heaven because of that decision to trust Christ. Uh, if not, that's your greatest need this morning is to trust Christ as your personal Savior, to have your sins forgiven by the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. But if you're saved here this, this morning, then, uh, then what we need to understand is eventually our strength is going to fail. And, and God is, is there to help. Now, 
there was um, there's a man named Jim Arrington who holds the world record as the oldest actively competing bodybuilder. He is 91 years old. That's pretty old. Now you say bodybuilding, all they do is pose. You're right. The oldest uh, this year, the um, the world's strongest man competition will have a 57 year old competitor this year. If you know anything about that, they do a lot more than pose. They're throwing 60 pound kettlebells over their heads and all kinds of crazy stuff. And um, I know there's a lot of people, I think, that they are the age they are and as good a health as they are because they don't stop. They just keep going and going and going. All of us probably know somebody that they retired and they passed away. And it's just sometimes that's how it goes. But eventually our strength fails. Um, David, even David, the mighty warrior king who slew Goliath as a young man, eventually he grew old enough that his strength diminished. And before he died, David would be bedridden and need others to help keep him warm. Barring death, old age will happen to all of us. doesn't matter what you do or what supplements you take or what you put in your hair or whatever you do. You're going to get old or you're going to die. Happy, happy. <laughs> it's just a fact of life. I was looking it up the other day in preparation for this message. And for, for $28,000, you can have yourself cryogenically frozen. I don't think I'd go with that, but you know, have at it. Have at it. You want to? That's not really a good way to save on funeral costs. <laughs> Cryogenically frozen while you're still alive, to, in hopes that they can revive you again one of these days. That's that's a mess. Don't do that. Please don't do that. You will die. Now we come to verses ten and eleven, and and another sad truth. We're starting with the sad this morning, and we'll pick it up and make it happy. I promise. But the first sad truth is we get old. And the bodies fail and our strength goes away and eventually we are weak and feeble and we die. That's sad. Second sad thing is the enemy doesn't leave us alone just because we got older. Here David in verse 10, he says, For mine enemies speak against me and they, they that lay wait for my soul take a counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him, persecute and take him, for there is none to deliver him. I mean, even in, in the animal kingdom, you know, you see that the, the old or the young, those are the targets, right? The lion's chasing the gazelle. He's not picking the, the, you know, the young and limber gazelle. He's picking the one that can barely keep up with the pack. And, and the reality of it is when it comes to you and I, if you're a saved child of God today, physically you're going to grow old, you're going to grow weak, and, and it's not something that just has to do with our physical bodies. Sometimes, sometimes we allow ourselves to grow old, weak, and feeble in our spiritual mindset too. We forget that there is no retirement age to serving God. There, there, is no, there is no, I'm too old to be a Christian. You might not be able to knock on a hundred doors a day. You might not be able to do some of those things that you might have done before, but there is no... There is no end outside of death and meeting the Lord to what we are supposed to do. Now, the enemy, as we mentioned, it doesn't take pity just because we're older or slower or weaker or, or whatever it may be. Um, and for a Christian, the enemy isn't necessarily um, an individual like it, like it was many times for King David. It's summed up in three things, the world, the flesh, and the devil. This world is constantly, constantly trying to get you to sin. Constantly trying to convince you that 
what you've learned your whole life from the Bible is outdated and it needs to be updated and you need to get rid of the standards you had and get rid of the righteousness that you had and get rid of all these ideas that you have because, well, it's a new generation and it's a new day and age and the, the world is always pushing, always pushing, trying to get you to quit serving God the way He wants you to serve Him and compromise. And as, as you get older, sometimes that compromise looks better and better because you just get tired of being that one person that's standing up for right. You get tired of being that one individual who, you know, at the dinner table on, th- on Thanksgiving won't go along with what's wrong. And, and sometimes you just get tired and you say, you know what, I'm not going to take a stand anymore. I'm not going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to hold my peace. I'm going to let wickedness go around me and I'm not going to stand up for what's right. Now, I'll give you an example of the world, the flesh and the devil. The flesh keeps working at us. As our flesh gets old and weak, it stay, it keeps its strength that it has in causing us to sin. We might not be able to pick up a 10-pound weight anymore, but we can still have just as much evil desire in our body as we ever had. And I'll give you one example of that. Is, <laughs> this is a sadly odd statistic here. Since 2008, the rate of sexually transmitted diseases in America's 65 and older population has risen by risen by over 250%. Over 250% increase from 2008, people over age of 65 getting STDs. It is it is you start looking into it. I don't encourage you to do that, but you start looking into it in nursing homes, it's it's become a horrific thing. They're just it's just it's everywhere. And how do you get that? You get it from fornication. You get it by the lust of your flesh. You say, well, how's that happening? Well, because even though you may be weak and even though you may be frail and even though you may be old, our flesh still desires things, especially those things that aren't of God. And and it still works against you. Every day we have to battle our own sinful desires. Every day you got to hold back when that guy cuts you off in traffic. Every day you got to hold back when that person at the job doesn't do their job again and you got to do it over for them. Every day you got to constrain and, and bring every thought into subjection to Christ when you start letting your mind wander somewhere it shouldn't wander. And that doesn't stop as you get older. The flesh keeps its strength in the spiritual sense and in the, the sinful sense while the strength and everything else fades away. And so the enemy is just as strong. And just as bad. And then, of, of course, the devil's always after you. Now, knowing that old age is coming and that the enemy will not pity us and will not stop, and that we're always going to have to deal with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and, and the world and the culture and all that, what do we do? Well, in reading this psalm, David throws out a few things that he is going to proactively do as he is in his older days, as he is gray-headed, as he talks about, uh, in order to continue to serve God. Uh, we want to see those things. Uh, Psalm 71, <clears throat> verse number 14. The Bible says, But I will hope continually. I like that. I will hope continually. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And then Titus 2.13, speaking of the rapture, says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. As, as time goes on, David says, I'm going to hope continually. And then you look at the rest of the verse there in verse um, 
verse 14, but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. I'm going to hope continually and I'm going to praise God more and more. And you know what? The older we get, we probably have more and more to praise him for. If we're going to, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, there's more and more to complain about, sure. We get out of bed and snap, crackle, pop happens. There's plenty to complain about, but praise God, we got out of bed and landed on two feet and didn't fall. <laughs> and as you get older, that becomes a bigger and bigger praise. Because uh, on my age, if I get out of bed and fall over, that's what in the world just happened. But eventually, if I live long enough, I'm probably going to get out of bed and fall over every morning. <laughs> Michelle's going to have to pick me up because I'm going to be some frail old man. I hope I don't live that long. But probably won't knowing me. We have so much we can praise God for. Are we going to, you know, we praise God more and more. The Bible doesn't say, he doesn't say, I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna complain more and more as I get older. On my day, people didn't used to not know what gender they were. <laughs> true. Very true. Are we gonna complain more and more? Are we gonna take breaks from serving God more and more? Are we gonna worry more and more? No. Praise God more and more. Praise God I woke up. Praise God, I'm able to move around. I can still see, smell, taste, hear, cook, clean, walk, pray, sing, witness, go to church. Praise God. Praise God, I'm closer, closer to heaven today than I was yesterday. There's, there's no lack of things to praise God for today, and there will be even more to praise Him for tomorrow if we give God the glory He deserves, if we give God the credit He deserves for the things in our life. Every day we could praise the Lord. You come to verses 15 and 16. We'll read those again. The Bible says, My mouth shall shew forth thy righteousness and, shall sal and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. Speaking of righteousness and salvation, leaning on the strength of the Lord. The Bible says a lot about mentoring or training and and very rarely is it connected to the pastor of the church. It's usually the elder men training up and teaching the younger men, the elder women of the church training up and teaching the younger women. One of the most clear passages is when, when the elder women are commanded to teach the young women how to love their husbands. <laughs> What's that say about us husbands? They need to be taught how to love us. That's not good. We're not very lovable probably. But you see that all throughout the Bible. And, and, and that's the thing. I think we're lacking a lot of that in our churches today and our families today. Yeah, I understand the younger generation a lot of times doesn't want to hear it, but neither did you. <laughs> when you were that age, you, were you super submissive to, to the old, to older authority? And were you super excited to hear from grandpa about everything that he did and everything that he, he No. Most young people don't want to hear all that, but they need to because today's youth needs yesterday's righteousness. We weren't perfect 50 years ago as a nation. We weren't perfect 100 years ago as a nation. But I guarantee all of you would agree that this nation was a little bit more righteous. This nation, this culture was a little bit more holy when you were a child than when the little kids up here are singing right now. I mean, just, just looking at the big ones, abortion, some of you, it wasn't legal when you were young. Some of, And praise God that's being attacked now, so thank the Lord for that, but uh, a lot of you, most of you, if you're older than, you know, three, people knew what gender they were when they were your, when you were young. People, did, people understood there was a God. They might not have believed 
in Jesus Christ as the Savior, but they understood that we came from something. There, there's a, been a big shift in our culture and in, and in belief systems and, and the young people of today, and especially in standards of holiness and of righteousness, because guess what? They don't exist anymore. That's, that's the goal, right? People, the world wants everybody to, to throw away everything that God says is good for you. And one of those things is holy living. And, and some of you are from a day when you would, you would be shamed in town if you slept around. You would be shamed in town if you went out of the house looking like you worked the corners. And nowadays you'd walk through town and that's everybody. The people of today's generation, today's youth, they need yesterday's righteousness. And they're only to get that by the older people trying to teach the younger, trying to train them up. And not just your own children and grandchildren, but anybody that'll listen. Anybody that you can have an influence on, try to influence them for righteousness. In verse 17, David says, O God, Thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared Thy wondrous works. It's a blessing to be able to look back and say, I have testified of God my whole life. But if you can't say that, you can start tomorrow. You can start today. It's never too late while you still breathe to testify of God and tell of His wondrous works and then have that testimony. We see we ought to hope continually, praise more and more, speak of righteousness, lean on the Lord, declare God's wondrous works all with the following goal in mind. Verse 18, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have shewed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. That's the goal. If I, if I live to be old, I hope that it will be my goal then to make sure the next generation knows the power of God. To make sure the next people, the people coming up after me know the mercy of God and the judgment of God and the love of God and, and all that I can teach them about my God. That's the goal. As I grow older and as you grow older, as Christians, we ought to be doing our best to make sure the next generation knows God. Now, we see all of this. We see the sad fact that we get old, the sad fact that the enemy stays just as strong all through our life, and we see what we can do about it. We see David saying, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to hope continually, I'm going to praise more and more. And we see all that and we hopefully would agree with all that. And then it comes to a head here and a blessing when we continue reading in the passage. In verse number 20, he says, Thou which hast shewed me great and sore troubles shalt quicken me again and shalt bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise Thee with the psaltery, even Thy truth, O my God. Unto Thee will I sing with the harp, O Thou Holy One of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto Thee, and my soul which Thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of Thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought to the shame that seek my hurt. Now I think it's interesting in this passage we have, I'm getting old, and the enemy is still after me, and I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to hope continually, I'm going to do all these things, and then we have, one day God's going to quicken me and make me alive again and bring me up out of the grave, and then everything that follows that sounds to me a little bit like heaven. It sounds pretty good. We have resurrection, we have glorification, we have comfort, we have praise, we have rejoicing, we have redeemed soul, we have testifying of God's righteousness. And we may not have all the information about heaven that we want to have, we may not know exactly everything that's going to go on up there, but everything that I just listed, we know is going to be there. 
We know that there's going to be praising God because we read about it in Revelation 4, 8, and 11. We know that there's going to be rejoicing around the throne of God because we read about it in Revelation 5. We know that we're going to be comforted because we read about being comforted by the rapture in 1 Thessalonians 4.18. We read about the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We read about there being no more tears one day. We know that we're going to be glorified. Romans 8.18, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. We know the we know the resurrection. We know that we are going to the, to be uh, to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. We know First Thessalonians four teaches about the rapture, that blessed hope of His glorious returning of Christ. And so, all these things at the end of Psalm seventy one, it's it's like we have a picture of here's here's my life, and it's getting old, and it's getting gray headed, and things hurt, and it's I'm weak, losing my strength, and the enemy's strong. And I'm going to just keep going for God and I'm going to keep serving God. I'm going to keep hoping. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep telling the next generation about God. And then one day I'm going to die and he's going to raise me up. And then there's going to be comfort. There's going to be glory. There's going to be praising. There's going to be rejoicing. And so you read this psalm through and it's like, you know what? I'm getting old. I'm going to start living now the way I think it's going to be up there. I think a lot of people would do good to do that because what do we do now? We bicker with one another. We, we have debates and strife. We backstab. We lie. We allow our tiredness to keep us from church. We forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We, say, we forsake the house of the Lord. We don't sing out. I, I was almost, I almost, <laughs> it sounds terrible. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm immature. I almost started laughing this morning during the first song because, because there was one line in that song that just is so happy. And I looked out and almost everybody looked so depressed this morning. <laughs> I'm not I'm not scolding you. I'm not it was the first song of the day. Everybody's still half asleep, I get it. But it was like <sighs> And then it picked up. It picked up. You did good. I'm again I'm not scolding you. But it's just one day in heaven there's gonna be singing. And I don't think it's gonna be the kind of singing that we have today. Most church services, the singing, I don't think, comes close to what we're going to experience in heaven. Because here the singing is just kind of haphazard. Don't really believe the words. Not really thinking about the words. Is the, is the roast on low or is it on high? The guy next to me's breath's bad. You know, just they're just, I don't think it's going to be the same. There have been some, we've had some song services here where it's like, man, praise the Lord. The Lord met with us and that was good. And you could, you could hear the, the sound was just great. When we were in, um, when we were in Gatlinburg a while back, the, uh, there was a place we, we went about an hour away in the mountains and they had restored a, an old missionary Baptist church and it had solid wood floors, solid wood pews, solid wood ceiling, solid wood walls. And I could only imagine singing in that church. I mean, I, you, I, you would not believe. I, I, I sung a line of Amazing Grace, and it sounded like 50 people were singing with me. Just the reverberation off the walls. And I just I think about stuff like that. I'm like, man, that's what it's going to be someday. It's going to be a good song service. And so David in this psalm, he's like, you know, I'm getting old. The enemy's attacking, but I'm going to keep serving God, and I'm just going to talk about redemption. I'm going to talk about praise. I'm going to talk about glorification. I'm just going to you know, live here like I'm going to live there. That's a, I think that's a pretty good way to... Look at this thing. We can do that, or we can we can allow the discouragement of the world to get after us. I mean, if you're watching the news six hours a day and reading your Bible for five minutes, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to feel defeated. Maybe flip those. See what that does for your soul. 
We can allow ourselves to stop standing for righteousness. We can stop soften up our standards and compromise. There's a lot of preaching against young people and the choices they make. But I've I've known a lot of people who in their, we'll say golden years, gave up all their standards. Gave up all that they called true from the Bible. Why? Because, well, now my grandkid does it. Now my now my now my great grandkid is, you know, off in this sin, and so I'm just gonna I can't preach it as hard as I once did. I've had people tell me in a related topic, I, I had a person tell me one time, I cannot believe that God is against or that salvation is that way, because if that's the truth, my grandma's in hell. I said, so you're going to risk going to hell yourself because you don't want to think that they're there? Like, that's not good. And I've met several people over the years that in their older years, they decided, I'm, I'm not going to believe with the Bible anymore because if I believe it, I don't want to think about where my grandkids go. I understand that. It's a, it's a terrifying thought. It's a depressing thing. But giving up on the truth isn't going to help them might make them feel better about their decisions today, but they're going to still face judgment. And so we need to do as, as David did here. We need to keep praising God, keep hoping in God, keep standing for righteousness, keep teaching others, making sure the next generation knows the glory of God and, and all His goodness towards us so that maybe one day they get saved and they serve God and we don't just have these churches that die physically and literally because nobody comes up after. We can keep standing on God's strength, keep hoping, keep praising, keep testifying until we see, as verse verse 18 said, I have shewed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. I want to have that testimony where I can look back at my life and say, I have showed the strength of God to the next generation. I have, I have talked about the righteousness of God to the next generation. I have tried to convince them of the holiness of God and the power of God and the love of God and the judgment of God. That's the testimony I want to have because I don't want the next generation to die in their sins. And I don't want the generation after that to die in their sins. I want us to make progress as the church and see souls saved and see sinners come to the cross and see saints to choose to be sanctified and live for God. I don't want to see victories for the enemy just because we're getting old and no longer caring about anything. I want to see the next generation get fired up because this generation has some stories to tell. And boy, some of you have some amazing testimonies of what God has done in your life. And that will be a blessing and an encouragement to the younger generation, but only if you tell it. Only if you do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and the encouragement we can find in it. Lord, there's no real encouraging thing in this world or in our bodies, or in our flesh, or any of that. But Lord, we can be encouraged by Your Word every time we open it. Lord, it can be convicting if we're not living the way that we should, making the choices we should. But Lord, help us to live by it. Lord, help us to never cast it aside. And Lord, help us to do our part to continue to praise You, to continue to hope in You, to continue to tell others about You especially those coming up behind us. Lord, help us to use the blessings that you've given us, the, the testimonies that you've given us in our lives of what you've done for us. Help us to use that to convince and show the next generation that they can trust you and that they can love you the way that they should. We love you in Jesus and we pray. Amen. Brother Ken.
Page 137, your hymn books will stand together and sing a couple of verses. The altar is always open if you